Okay, we're trying to get this together. Give me one moment. Very good. Trying to get this lighting right. Okay, hold on. God bless you. Here we go. and peace and God bless you to everybody that is joining us right about now. Um, God bless you. Welcome to our session on tonight. We want to thank God for each and every one of you, those that are listening to us by way of Spreaker and iHeartRadio, um, um, as well as Spotify, and those of you that are on the Prophets in the Prophets Teaching Group. God bless you to all of you, and God bless you to those that are watching on my Facebook page. God bless you. Uh, we want to thank God on tonight for the Word of God, and we want to just go ahead and jump right in. I am timing myself, and we're going to stay on time tonight. Um, we have been in this series of uh, this month here, this is our second week in this series, What Would Jesus Undo? How many of us have things in our life that we need Jesus to undo, to erase, to edit, to change? Hallelujah. I know I have some things that I need him to change and, and erase. Amen. Hallelujah. And so tonight we are going to get into the word. And those of you that are watching, that normally watch, know that we normally have all of our intros and outros and all that stuff. And so tonight we're not doing that. It was just, uh, we were having too many issues with it tonight. So we are just going to get into the word on tonight. So let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight, God, that the entrance of your word brings light. And so, Father, we ask you that even as we are preparing our hearts to receive of you on tonight, we ask you, Lord, that you would guide, Lord, every word that is spoken. Open the hearts of your people. Stir the hearts of your people. Deliver us, God, from hollow and vain worship on tonight. Edit our lives tonight. We want you to be glorified. We want you to be magnified. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I'm just going to lift this up just a little bit. Amen. So, amen. God bless you to you all. I'm going to ask you to tag and to share. Amen. Hallelujah. And like, amen, uh, this video because we know that it is going to be a great blessing on tonight. Amen. All right. So, last week we talked about um, um, God editing our life and dealing with us and, and, and uh, undoing in us uh, apathy 
some of us have grown to the point where we're just unbothered. We're in church, hashtag unbothered. And so that is trickling over into everything that we do. And it is also trickling over into our worship. And so I want to deal with on tonight Amen. What would Jesus undo? I know that, you know, it's a popular thing. Um, at one point it was popular and it still is. Some people still um, are saying, what would Jesus do? But the reality is that there are some things that Jesus wants to undo in our life. And so we want to give, amen, ourselves and avail ourselves to the Lord so that he can do just that. I just need to move this over here because this lighting is terrible. And so I want to make sure that you guys can see and see properly. So my apologies for how dark this is. Hallelujah. Amen. Nevertheless, let's go to the word of God. Um, and, and we're going to be going back and forth with a few things on tonight. I want to look at Matthew chapter 15 and we want to read a couple of verses from Matthew chapter 15. Amen. Um, and we want to start at verse one and two. We want to start in verse one and two, Matthew chapter 15, verses one and two. All right. And the word of God says, then some Pharisees and teachers of the law came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked, why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? They don't wash their hands before they eat. Now we're talking about hollow worship on tonight. Amen. And um, some of you may feel like you don't fit into this category because you feel like you got red hot or white hot fire, you know, worship that you worship God with all of your heart. And you know what I'm saying? You know, you are just on fire for the Lord. Well, if this is not for you, God bless you. But for those of you that this is for, for those of you that know, amen, that you have areas of your life that you need God to set ablaze, this word is for you. Amen. A lot of us are gifted um, and we are like these Pharisees. We are finding ourselves just like these Pharisees. We're looking at what other people have on the outward, what they do on the outward, what how they carry themselves on the outward, how they dress outwardly. You know, we, we're looking at all of the things that pertain to what's outside and we have forgotten how God is concerned about our inside. And so here the Pharisees are asking Jesus about his disciples and they're saying, how come they're breaking tradition? How come they are not doing what the elders do and they're not washing their hands before they eat? Now, we're not talking about bathing. We understand that bathing is important. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about just rituals. And there are some of us that have gotten caught up in the ritual of worship, but have not given themselves to worship completely as they should. And what we have got to do is get out of the ritual. Amen. Get out of the ritual. Praise the Lord. We we have songs that we sing. We have sermons that we preach. We have acts of service that we do, but we're not on fire for God. Yet our worship is hollow. And so um, when we start talking about it being hollow, that means it's empty. Amen. When you look at at um, Matthew chapter 15, amen, and we're going to look at some other verses in this same chapter, but when you look at this and you see this discourse that's taking place, you get an understanding, you know what I'm saying, that people, and people are like this in church, they'll come to the pastor and say, well, how come so-and-so-and-so don't dress like we dress? How come they don't uh, follow the same rules that we follow? How come they don't pray as much as I pray? How come they don't fast as much as I fast? And we, I'm not telling you that prayer is wrong. Yes, we need to pray. I'm not telling you that fast 
fasting is wrong. We just finished the fast. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying to you is you've got to get to the place that you don't allow, amen, being hollow, those things that are on the outward to keep you from walking up right before God and having a true heart of worship to God. We have gotten so caught up in all of these externals, okay? We understand that the Pharisees were obsessed with image. They were obsessed, amen, with ceremonial cleanliness. They were obsessed with wearing their flactories and, and, and you know what I'm saying, putting on their, their wearing their prayer shawls. How, and I was looking for my prayer shawls. I think I put it up. You know what I'm saying? How that sometimes... You know, if you're not praying with your prayer shawl, that's not anointed prayer. We got to get to the point where we get beyond all of this external stuff. We are doing that even now in the church. When you look at the church now, we have been caught up with collars and robes and miters. And I'm not saying that there's anything intrinsically wrong with the fact that you wear a collar or that you wear a robe or that you wear a miter. That's not what I'm saying. But when it comes to this is all you can function in. You can't function outside of that. You can't you know what I'm saying? You know, you can't walk in God and worship God unless you have all these external things. We get caught up in, you can't wear no earrings, you can't wear no makeup, your skirt too short, your heels too high, you don't got no pantyhose on. All of these external things, when we get caught up in these things, we find ourselves missing out on worship. And so this is what we need to come back to. You know what I'm saying? Remember the song, I'm coming back to the heart of worship where it's all about you. Listen, that needs to be our theme. And not just the theme, but what we actually live by. What are we actually living by? What has become our mindset and our heart to the things of God? What have we actually put our focus on as it relates to worshiping God. Is our worship hollow? Are you caught up in the externals? Does somebody have on, have to have on the right clothes? You know what I'm saying? Look right. And can I tell you something? This is part of what I promise. We are Pharisees and don't realize it. We're caught up in the image, in the outward appearance. We got folks that got, they have dope flyers. I said, God, that's bad. That's bad English. However, you understand what I'm saying. Their flyers look amazing. Their makeup, their faces are beat to the heavens. Their suits are impeccable. The colors are right. The color scheme is phenomenal. Amen. They got all the right fonts and everything is all together, but hollow inside. Their worship is vain. Their worship is empty. Their service to God is empty. And so this is the place that we have come to where we have embraced the form of godliness. And the Bible tells us strictly about, amen, hallelujah. You know what I'm saying? Looking at the form, but denying God's power. Where are we in our worship? And I understand this is not always a popular message because we want to shout. We want, we want people to prophesy to us. We want people, amen, to tell us that God is going to bless us, that God is getting ready to move in our life. This, this is the kind of stuff that we want to hear because our worship is hollow. <laughs> Okay, and I'm telling you, this is not that, and, and this season, let me say this, this season, God has been dealing with me about doing, bringing some balance to the teaching that we have been releasing, and, and I know that many of you that are familiar with the ministry, you know that we do prophetic teaching, prophetic classes, you know, classes on apostolic ministry, and we're coming back with those, but let me tell you something, I need us to get balance, we need to get some balance in our life, we need to understand 
hallelujah, that we got to get back to the place of true worship in worshiping the Lord. Amen. Giving God what he wants and not giving God what we want him to have. All right. So we are like these Pharisees. We are obsessed with the outward, obsessed with the image. Amen. And, and here's the thing you have to understand. There were things that that the Pharisees had to do in order to become ceremonially clean. So they went through all of these extravagant things to qualify for worship only to be disqualified. Oh, can you hear me say that right there? They did so much to become qualified in their teaching, but ended up becoming disqualified because their worship was hollow, because their hearts were empty, because God was not in what they were doing, because they were more focused on the externals than they were on the internal state of the heart of the man who was worshiping the God that they were going to, going to glorify. And so you have to understand that, you know, in their mind, there was a way that you had to approach God and find, we understand they were following the law and they were given instructions on how to approach God. But when we get to the place where the rule is all we are concerned about, when we, when we get to the place where we're only concerned about how you come to church versus the fact that you actually came, hello, when we are so focused on, well, you don't have on church clothes. You know what I'm saying? Those are, that's not church clothes. And so what, what are church clothes? Can somebody tell me what that is exactly? You know what I'm saying? What, what is it? And, and I do understand that there's specific attire for specific times. Now, let's not take things out of context. My point is stop doing all of this external stuff. You know what I'm saying? And being so preoccupied with all of the externals that you miss the heart. You miss giving your heart to God. You miss being able, amen, to live in holiness and purity and worship God with all that you have. Stop looking at the outward and worry about your inner man. Okay, so they had to, let's, and I want to talk real quick about this elaborate ceremony that they had to go through in order for them to be deemed clean. So when the Pharisees would come together, right, they would wash their hands. And so somebody would have to take water and they had the minimum amount of water that they would have to use to wash their hands was called, the way they measured it, they called it the, a quarter of a log. So a quarter of a log of water was equal to about one and a half eggshells. Whose hands you gonna wash with one and a half eggshells? Do you understand how ridiculous that sounds? I mean, and the reason why I'm using that as a point is because we do ridiculous things. We say the dumbest stuff. We put people through the dumbest tests. We make people stand up to the most, the craziest standards to try to see if what they are doing qualifies as holy and righteous. So, a egg shell and a half of water and they would hold their hands up you know what i'm saying with the hands pointed up and somebody would have to pour that little bit of water on both that little bit of water say it again that little bit of water on both of their hands and it would have to run down their hands and they were not allowed to allow the water to run down their elbows or else because what happened is once the water touched your hands that were dirty 
the water was considered unclean. So the water would have to drip on the ground because if the water dripped down your arm, then your arm is unclean because the water was unclean. Why am I telling you this? Because it's ridiculous. The things we do, the hoops we jump through, the lies we tell ourselves and tell other people, the rules and regulations that we give to people to make them feel like that if you don't do it this way, then you're not saved. You're not really worshiping God right. So they had to hold their hands out <laughs> and make sure that nothing, none of that little bit of water, come on, dripped down their arms, but that it all fell on the ground and it would have to drip off of their wrists. Okay. And it would have to, you know, flow downward. And then they would have to rub their fists and rub their hands together. Okay? Now, you had some who were extreme. Now, here go some of us in the church. Some who were extreme. Now, you had your devout Jews. Right? They would wash their hands before their meals. Then you had your strict, like, super religious, you know, uber religious, hyper religious Jews who would wash in between every course. So they would eat their, so if, say, say for instance, you at a restaurant and you, you're sitting down to eat with somebody and the salad comes out. Then they leave after the salad. Well, you know, some of us who carry our hand sanitizer, guilty, guilty, okay? And they're sitting at the table. So they sanitize their hands before they eat the salad. Then after the salad, they sanitize their hands before they eat the soup. Then they sanitize their hands before they eat whatever the main course is. Then they sanitize their hands again when they eat dessert. Ridiculous. These are the things that we do in church. And we make people jump through these hoops. And we make people believe that unless you do it this way, then you're not worshiping God. What does God, what does Jesus need to edit out of your life? Are you hyper-religious? Are you uber religious? Are you are you are you a law keeper? Are you one, amen, that is looking at every single thing that everybody else is doing and you're trying to keep a record as to whether or not their heels are too high, their makeup too heavy, their hair too short, their pants too tight? Come on here, somebody. Come on, amen. You can't wear pants to church. I come from that. I know that that uber religious nonsensical tomfoolery. Okay? Where you try to judge somebody's worship based off of outward appearances. And you're not worried about what's inside. Jesus said to the, to the Pharisees, you're washing all of the outside, but inside. You're washing the outside of the cup, but inside. You wash it, you, you, are, you are a whited sepulcher. Inside is still dead man's bones. You clean the outside, you wash the rocks, but inside, it's still a graveyard. What about your worship? What would Jesus undo? Is your worship hollow? Is your worship null and void to God? Well, Apostle, you know, this seems really hard. Are you, you talking about not judging people, but you sound like you're judging people. I'm not judging you. I'm asking you a question. What would Jesus undo concerning your worship? How much of this can you identify with because you are uber religious, because you are a super religious individual who does not think that unless you follow all these rules, come on, unless you follow all these rules to a T, that you're not saved, that God's not going to use you, that God's not going to speak to you. I got news for you. 
You can clean all the rocks you want. Inside, it's still full of dead men's bones. A cemetery is still a cemetery. It's still a cemetery. No matter how much grass you put on top of it, no matter how many plants you, you put down in the ground, when you dig deep enough, you're still going to find dead men's bones. We got to get our worship together. We got to get our inside together. Look at your life. How much of your worship needs to be edited? How much of it? Now, when we talk about worship, we're talking about service to God. I'm not just talking about how you lift your hands, and we're gonna talk about that. But that's not what I'm. That's not my point tonight. My point is: Are you like these Pharisees? Are you spending your prayer time going to God because you don't feel like people are living right? <laughs> They're not worshiping right, God. They're not following the way that we were taught to do. Listen. Jesus was conservative. Let's look at verse 7 and 8 in, in Matthew chapter 15. Okay? Let's look at that. Jesus looks at them. He says, you hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Listen, listen. They were ex they were obsessing over all the externals. And Jesus was getting on their case. saying, look, you don't even know how to treat people right. <laughs> You don't even know how to love the person who's next to you. You don't even know how to have the right spirit. You don't even know how to get along with the person who's next to you. But you're stuck on these externals. But your flyers look good. Come on here. Your, your, your Facebook page is on fire. But your worship is hollow. Ooh, Jesus have mercy. Come on here, somebody. Your suit is banging. Your nails is, is, is just, they are the bomb, but your worship is hollow. Come on. You, you, got, you got your social media gang on point. It is the bomb.com, .net.gov.org, all of that. But your heart is far from God. Is that what Jesus would say to us? What would Jesus undo about your worship? It's nice for you to lift your hands, but where is your heart? Are you a hypocrite? We're going to talk about hypocrisy another time. But are you a hypocrite? Look at that. Can you imagine the slap in the face that that was to the, to, to the Pharisees when Jesus stood before them and said, you bunch of hypocrites. <laughs> Isaiah prophesied about y'all. He said this about y'all from the beginning. Your hearts are far from me. You know how to say the right thing. You ever met people like that? You come to church and they say all the right things, but their hearts. How do we know? Because worship is not something that you say. Worship is what you do. It is your lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. It's not just I come to church and lift my hands. I get on my knees. I roll on the floor. I, I spit and cry. That's not worship. Worship is a lifestyle. Come on here, somebody. What would Jesus undo? Are you empty? Are you hollow? And are you vain? Ooh. Jesus. This is what he said to them in, in the eighth verse. He said, they worship me in vain. They worship me for nothing. They worship me and I'm not pleased. Oh my God. They worship me and I'm not pleased. Is God pleased with your worship? Lord have mercy. We don't even sing songs like that. 
what I'm saying? There was a song he used to sing, uh, uh, what if God is not happy with my praise? I must change the way I walk and change the way I talk. We used to sing songs like that. Now we don't want to sing nothing like that. We want to sing, it's the God in me. I ain't saying anything wrong with that song either. <laughs> but is your worship hollow and empty and vain? Can you say, can you say, please check your phone if the sound is going in and out. Can you say that God is pleased with your worship? Can you say that? Can you say that your worship is not empty and hollow and vain? Can you say that? Come on. Amen. Can you praise God with all that's in you? Do, do, do we get what we see that's on your flyers? Or is your worship life as dope as your flyer? Is your worship life as on fire as your 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 flyers that you put out? Is is your is your is the anointing on your life as heavy? Come on here, amen. And 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 as dope as your flyers in your website, in your in your your Facebook page, in your Instagram page, in your in your Periscope. Is is your anointing all of that, or are you empty and hollow? in vain. These are not the kind of messages that we want to hear because 2020 is my year double, you know, you know, God give me double for my trouble. This is, this is my year to walk in all of God that he had for me. This is my year that I'm expecting the great. That's wonderful, but you're not going to get nothing with empty, hollow and vain worship. We got to bring all of that into alignment. Okay. So we look amazing. But we are void of power. We look fabulous. Come on here. Amen. But inside, we're like those Pharisees, dead men's bones. We got to get it together. This is not in our how. Our worship is not in the how, but it's in our heart. Can I say that again? Your worship is not in your how, but it's in your heart. You have to worship with everything that is in you. It is your lifestyle. It is how you live for God through the good, the bad, and the ugly. It is how you persevere and love him with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, no matter what is going on in your life. It is how you hold on to his word, regardless of whatever is happening around you, even when you don't feel like it. And there will be many days that you don't feel like it, but you know that this is the real deal. And because you love him with all your heart and all your mind and all your strength, you refuse to quit on God. You refuse to back up on God. You refuse, amen, to, to, to be halfway. You refuse to be hollow and empty and vain. What would Jesus undo in your life? What would he do? What, what have you asked him that yet? Lord, what do you want to edit? What do you need to press backspace on? What do you need to white out of my life? I ask this and I'm going to ask this for the next couple of Tuesdays. This is going to be a redundant question. Why? Because I need you to ask yourself that. You need you to ask yourself that. God wants you to ask yourself that same question. And sometimes we get caught up in how people worship, you know, and what kind of music it is. And you know what I'm saying? Whatever. What kind of church we come through, come from. I don't care if you're singing a song out of a hymnal. If it's coming from your heart. Come on here, somebody. If it's coming from your heart, then your worship is real. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? If you are reading a prayer 
out of a book, if it's coming from your heart, then your worship is real. I don't care what other people have to say about what, what you wear to church. If you come in to give God praise with everything that is in you and you just come in because you want to give God glory for whatever he has done in your life, then guess what? Nobody can fault you because your worship is for real. Amen. So let's not get caught up in all of these external things. Let's let go of some of this external stuff, this halfway stuff, this stuff we heard from other people, this stuff, you know what I'm saying, that we picked up from being around religious folks. Come on here, somebody. Listen, some of us, when we first got saved, we didn't know, you know what I'm saying, the altar from the pews, but we just knew we just wanted to be in the presence of the Lord. And as long as the doors was open, we was going in to give God praise and not just at church, but even at home, we made sure. That wherever we were, we gave God a true heart of worship. And we cannot, we, we have got to go back to that. And we cannot treat our walk with God like it's a hobby. What? You can't treat your walk with God like this is something you do once in the blue moon. I'm running out of time. It's 930. We got to make sure that we give God everything that is in us. We don't want to be like these Pharisees. Where Jesus is looking at us and he's calling us a bunch of hypocrites. Come on here, somebody. I don't want God to call me no hypocrite. I want my worship, my servitude, my service to God to be wholehearted, to be amen with everything that is in me. I don't want to get caught up in tradition. Are you stuck in tradition? Are you stuck in what you used to do? Have you been able to get over that mountain of what you used to do? Or are you still stuck there? Have you have you been able, amen, to, to, to progress beyond where you used to be? Is your worship stale? Have you run out of things to give God glory for? Have you grown tired and weary of giving God glory because you felt like it was just mundane? I'm got, I don't got bored with it. But when God has been good to you, when God has brought you out, when God has delivered you, you can't fall back on your worship. You can't you can't back away from the place of honoring him. You can't just be slack. Why? Because you know that he's been good to you. You know what he's delivered you from. So I don't care if you bow down and worship. I don't care if you kneel on the floor. I don't care if you lay prostrate in his presence. It doesn't matter if you are singing and dancing, skipping around, doing cartwheels. I don't care how you do it. Just do it with all your heart. It doesn't matter if you do it out loud or if you're real quiet. Do it with all your heart. It doesn't matter, amen, if you're shouting it from the housetops. Do it with all of your heart. That's what God is requiring of us. You don't have to go nowhere and preach and holler and scream, but just live with all of your heart. That's your worship to God. It's your service to God. It doesn't matter if you got to listen to holy hip hop. I was having a conversation with somebody about that today. Amen. It doesn't matter if you're listening to holy hip hop, you know what I'm saying? Or you listening to worship music, do it with all your heart. As long as you are giving God praise. It does not matter. It's your heart that God is concerned about. He don't care. And I don't care what the person intended when they made the song. What does it mean to you? That's where we stand in our worship. Because it's about our adoration to God. It's about giving God everything that we have. When's the last time you just wept in his presence? Do you remember what he brought you from? Do you remember the place you got delivered from? Do you remember how you used to be out in the world? 
Let's talk about some of the stuff that you've done since you've been over here in, in on the Lord's side. How much have you messed up since you got saved? Don't you love him for his mercy and his grace and his goodness to you? Come on here, somebody. Get back to the place of worship. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 13, amen, and verse 15. Hebrews 13 and 15. And it says, through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. Listen, you should worship him, hallelujah, in all circumstances, in all situations. You should surrender your life, amen, in every shape, form, and fashion. Give him that sacrifice of praise when you feel him, when you don't. How often do you worship when you don't feel him? Oh my God, help us, Jesus. Because worship is not a feeling, it's a lifestyle. That means that when I don't understand when things are going my way and when things are not going my way, I am going to worship. I'm going to continue serving God with my whole heart. I'm going to continue yielding to God. I'm going to worship him when I'm happy. I'm going to worship him when I'm sad. I'm going to worship him when my heart is broken. I'm going to worship him when I have money, when I don't have money. I'm going to worship him when people walk away from me, when people come into my life. I'm going to worship him. Why? Because God has been good to me. And it says through Jesus, let us continually, continually through everything, offer the sacrifices to God. Offer, amen, our sacrifice of praise to him. Hallelujah. Amen. Every single day. Look at Romans chapter 12, verse 1. It says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. This is your true service to God. This is your true, amen, paying homage. This is how you pay homage to God. This is how you give honor to God. It is by your worship. It is by you giving him that sacrifice. It is by you yielding to him, giving him that sacrifice, being holy and pleasing to him. Get back to that. What would Jesus undo in your life? Is your worship empty and hollow and vain? Or is your worship coming from a place of true honor? Is everything in you still yielded to God? Do you still love him like you used to love him? Have you taken your life back here? Romans uh, and uh, Romans, we're being told to lay down our lives off our lives as a living sacrifice. Have you gotten up off the altar? Did you take your sacrifice back from God? Come on here, somebody. Have you done that? Or, or is your life still on the altar? Is, is your heart still on the altar? Is your worship still going up before God? What would Jesus undo? How much of you is still yielded to him? How many of us, come on, amen, have gotten away from really just giving God our all? It's not just the songs we sing. It's the life we lead. It's the life we lead. Are you stuck in tradition? Are you stuck in what other people have said? Are you stuck in what people are wearing or not wearing? Are you stuck because they didn't sing your favorite song? Are you stuck because they don't have on the right clothes? They didn't have on a collar or because they did have on a collar. Are you stuck? 
are you stuck because they preached in a robe or because they didn't preach in a robe? Get out of that. It is time for us to get back to the place of worship. Let me read to you. This is a compilation of verses. First Chronicles 16 and 25, 27, 29, 31 through 32. 34 and 36 from the New Living Translation. Let me give you those verses again. First Chronicles 16 verses 25, 27, 29 verses 31 and 32 verse 34 and verse 36. And I'm going to read these together so that you can see what these say together. It says, great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. Honor and majesty surround him. Strength and joy fill his dwelling. Give to the Lord the glory he deserves. Can I read that again? Give to the Lord the glory he deserves. Bring your offering and come into his presence. Worship the Lord in all his, in all his holy splendor. Let the heavens be glad and the earth rejoice. Tell all the nations the Lord reigns. Let the sea and everything in it Shout, shout his praise. Let the fields and their crops burst out with joy. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who lives from everlasting to everlasting. And all the people shouted after all of this was said and all the people shouted after all of this was commanded and all the people shouted, amen. And they praised the Lord. Listen to me. You got to get to the place where nothing interrupts your praise. Nothing, nothing, not good times, not bad times, not people getting on your nerves, not people walking away from you, not people being mad at you. Come on here, somebody that nothing, nothing, nothing gets in your way or in the way of your worship or your praise. It is urgent that you do not allow anything to get in the way of your worship. Hallelujah. It is urgent that you do not allow anything to interrupt where you are and, and, and what God has called you to do in your worship. I want to pray with you. Amen. And we got cut off for a minute over here. Amen. In the prophet's teaching group. But amen. I want to, I didn't want this prayer to be cut off. And I'm going to ask a question. I already asked the question, what would Jesus undo? But I want to ask a question. I want you to think about what God has done for you, what God has done in your life. And I want you to, for the rest of this week, spend some time just worshiping him. Shut everything else down. Get everything else out of your way and spend some time worshiping God. That's what you need to do this week for the rest of this week. Because he is our rock. Who is God? He is our rock. He is our redeemer. He is our deliverer. He is our defense. He is our strength. He is our shield. He is our salvation. He is the bread of life. He is living water. Hallelujah. He is the good shepherd. He is the true vine. He is the way, the truth, and life. Jesus is the light of the world. He is the lamb of God. He is the line of Judah. He is all powerful. He is all known, ever present. He is alpha and omega. He is the beginning and the end. Let us. Take the time this week to be intentional in our worship and not allow anything else to get in our way. And whatever you lost, whatever you laid down, pick it back up this week. If you laid down your worship, pick it back up. If you felt like you weren't going to be that sacrifice no more, get back on the altar. What would Jesus 
undo in your life. Let's pray. Father, I pray for every person that's listening by way of, of the, the podcast, Lord, and all that are watching. Father, we pray tonight, God, in the name of Jesus, that you will bring us back, that we will be able to sing that song with our hearts, that we're coming back to the heart of worship where it is all about you. Help us, God, to not be stuck like these Pharisees were stuck, stuck in tradition, stuck in what people had on, stuck in what people did, stuck in how they did what they did. Help us, God, that we get back to worship, that our worship will not be hollow or empty or vain. We want you to be pleased with our worship. We want you to receive our worship. We want whatever we have given to you, God, that it will be pleasing in your sight. And so, God, we give you glory. We give you honor. And anything that would stand in the way of our worship on tonight, Father, we rebuke it right now in the name of Jesus. And we want to do what the word of God has commanded to us, that we would give you glory, that we would give you honor with our whole hearts, that we would love you, oh God, with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our soul, with all of our strength, with everything that is within us. Bring us back to the place of worship, true worship. Don't let us just be a picture on a flyer. Don't let us just be a a post on social media, but let us have this thing for real in our hearts that we would come back to the place of true worship, honoring you in the name of Jesus, that we will yield ourselves to you in true worship. Bring us away, God, from hollow worship. Oh God, in the name of Jesus, bring us away. God, deliver us, God, from vain worship. We want what we offer to you, God, to be pleasing in your sight, in the name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you right now that you, oh God, are our God. And we worship you tonight for your goodness, for your mercy, for your loving kindness, for, for, your, for your tender mercies toward us, and for dealing with our hearts about getting our worship right, edit our lives. What do you want to undo in us? Whatever you want to undo, God, we ask you to undo it. Show us what needs to be undone. Help us to be honest with ourselves. Help us that we not hide ourselves from our own flesh, but that we see what you see. Every area that needs to be built up, every area that needs to be healed, every area that we need deliverance, we thank you for doing it even now. In Jesus' name, we pray. We thank you and we give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank God for you. I know I finished a little bit early on tonight, so we give God praise. Hallelujah. Amen. But I need us to really concentrate on this. I need us to really go to God. Go back and read those verses. Go back and ask the Lord if you have become a Pharisee. That's a hard question. That's a hard question to ask. Have I become a Pharisee that is caught up in tradition, that is stuck in the externals, that looks at only what is on the outside and not what's on the inside. Let's get worship back in our hearts, that we worship from a pure place, from a holy place, from a righteous place in Jesus name. God bless you. Join us again next weekend, next week, not weekend, Lord Jesus, next Tuesday, hallelujah, next Tuesday at 9 p.m. The Lord bless you and keep you. That is my prayer. God bless you.
With Metro and the best deal in wireless, you can rule your day. Get two lines with 5G access included for just $35 a month per line, period. With taxes and regulatory fees included every month. All on America's largest 5G network at no extra charge. Metro by T-Mobile, empowering you to rule your day. Requires auto pay. First month is $40 per line for two lines. 5G access requires capable device. Coverage not available in some areas. See Metro by T-Mobile.com or store for details. Rule the day the plant-based way with the new vegan mixed berry from Smoothie King. Powered by whole, non-GMO fruits, oat milk, and vegan protein, it's a dairy-free, plant-based smoothie you can feel great about. With 13 grams of protein and half your daily fiber, it's an easy way to get the essential nutrients your body craves. Skip the line and order online for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day.